Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Thursday, August 24th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Puenick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop, happy to have you with us on the eve of high school football here in the Mountain State. Well, I guess technically it began last night, but I guess on the eve of EPAC football beginning, um, weird that we are sitting here on Thursday before the first Friday of high school football and not talking about Hedgesville, Washington. I suppose so, yeah. I mean, that's kind of been a tradition over the years, obviously, with the new schedule rules that uh, doesn't happen anymore or at least won't be happening this season. So um, kind of disappointing. You know, I always – thought it was nice that you know washington hedgesville kind of got the spotlight on the day before but yeah uh you know it is what it is we'll have a good game tomorrow i think on tv 10 and wrnr muscleman taking on john hanley of course the bulldogs playing on saturday unfortunately we won't have that game but uh you know looking forward to week one some big ones spring mills jefferson's obviously you know gonna set the tone for both of their seasons so should be a, a great week one and a great season of high school football in the Mountain State and, and, in, the, and in the EPAC. Yeah, and uh, we finished out our EPAC all-access episodes last night. You can go to the WRNR TV on YouTube page, and you can also watch throughout the day. Is it playing after the show? Absolutely. After the show, all the EPAC all-accesses will run, and then tomorrow, I believe, after the show, are they almost all running? Do we have enough time to get them? I don't know if we have uh, enough time. Most. I think most are getting in. The Musselman yeah. run at one is going on like 4.15 or something. Right? Yeah, the Musselman right before uh, Our show. sports mix, and yeah. then sports mix ends, and it goes right into the game. But uh, going back and the pregame. You know, Yeah, the pregame show begins at 6 p.m. tomorrow. But looking at the EPAC All Access, guys, what have you learned this high school football season uh, going in, I guess, going into this season compared to what you learned? I guess, what's the biggest takeaway you took from going to all these camps? One to two takeaways. I think uh, the EPAC's going to be tough again. I mean, that that was not really learned. We kind of expected it, but it reassured us. For sure that uh, this EPAC is going to be tough. We've been saying four teams last year made the playoffs. Could we see five? I, I still don't think so. We we might not even get four again. So it's going to be really tough for the six teams to really fight for probably three spots in the top 16. I think uh, one of the things that I took away from it was that there's a lot of newcomers at quarterback that have some experience but don't have a lot of EPAC or or a ton of starting experience. So we have a lot of expectations for these teams uh, that were toward the top last year, such as, you know, uh, I mean, besides Martinsburg and Jefferson, where we kind of know their quarterback situation pretty well, um, you don't really have a ton of experience besides Spring Mills and Max Anderson. You know, Eli Fleming's never played in the EPAC. Uh, Dalton Harper played a little bit. So, you know, those are interesting things. And Washington's having a quarterback battle. So, you know, I think I think that's kind of something, like how these young quarterbacks transition this year. And even at these schools that have the experience, none of them have been full-time starters except for Max Anderson. So I think that should be interesting to see if that has a great impact on uh, the standings and who ends up being the top teams around here. Dylan, your thoughts on what you took away from the few EPAC call accesses you were able to make? That was it's kind of a combination of both their points. I think that the the conference as a whole is really strong, and the one at the bottom, the, as of right now, Washington seems you have some optimism with them, and then those teams in the middle, I think you have reason to think that they're still going to be pretty good, or even better than that. In terms of when I say the middle, I mean below that Martinsburg, Jefferson level, Musselman, Spring Mills, Hedgesville. And then also I really took away the fact that Max Anderson is now the most experienced quarterback in the conference, 
which is a complete shift from the last two years where it was felt like, oh, they have this young quarterback, this young quarterback. It felt like, you know, whether it was freshman or sophomore, it seemed like the entire time. That's all you talked about. Well, Spring Mills has this good quarterback, but he's young, so he's going to get better. Now he's here, now he's, and he's the most experienced guy coming into this year. Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to see how Spring Mills goes this year. Uh, you know, I, I think that the tough matchup week one against Jefferson is going to kind of push the way the EPAC's going to go. Because I think if we see Spring Mills beat Jefferson, that puts a different scenario for the way the EPAC could line out because you get a big EPAC win week one, it's going to propel your team to do big things during the season if you're Spring Mills. But if you're Jefferson, you already have those high expectations. So even if you lose game one of the season, you still have nine more, nine more games to go. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic that Spring Mills can be that third team uh, as high as that in the EPAC. Uh, we all ranked them fourth or fifth. I had them fourth behind Musselman, but they could very easily. Musselman could be down a little bit without Ray Adamas and Peyton Hartman. If Spring Mills were to come out and beat Jefferson tomorrow, the, we're, they're here. They are ready to go. They can be the number two team in the EPAC, I think. Colin? It'll be tough uh, between Spring Mills Jefferson. I don't even know if that might be the toughest game we're looking at tomorrow for EPAC teams. I don't know which one I put as a tougher game between Spring Mills Jefferson or looking at Hedgesville having to go to the island to take on Wheeling Park, another playoff team, a team that you have high expectations for and a team that you expect to be in the playoffs, which is now the expectation for Hedgesville, at least within their program, for making the playoffs for the first time in five years last year so they, they want to be able to get back and to do so they need a statement win and go into wheeling park and pulling off an upset there would definitely be a statement win yeah and i think i got another challenging game for you i think it's john hanley at musselman we'll have that game for you tomorrow 6 p.m pregame 7 p.m kickoff i think it's going to be an intriguing matchup because head coach for the for john hanley is the previous Sharando coach Sharando very familiar with epac competition because they play them almost every year i believe the, at least three games they'll get in with epac opponents every year and i think coach jake smith having come over from Sharando to john hanley not a bad program at all they're coming off a playoff appearance last year i believe seven and five they lost a bunch of seniors but they're he's not rebuilding a program over there he's just continuing what they've already built instilling his culture I talked to him yesterday for a pregame. We'll play a question or two uh, soundbite here. Uh, what the transition's been like uh, for him to John Hanley High School from Sharando? We talked to you last year, but you were with a different squad. What's the transition been like to uh, John Hanley? Well, the transition to Hanley has been great. Um, you know, all the way from the superintendent, uh, all the way down to uh, building admin, principal, athletic director uh, in the community. Uh, just a ton of support. Uh, every step of the way, you know, I got here in, in the late uh, uh, winter, early spring, you know, just immediately got started with these guys in the weight room and just trying to instill, uh, you know, our culture and, and, and what direction we're trying to go. That carried through into our, our summer workouts and summer conditioning uh, and into camp so far. I think the kids have done a great job adjusting to not only a new offensive and defensive systems that we brought, but in addition to a new coaching staff. Uh, and, and just some, you know, different perspectives on the way in which we do things and call things and, and term things. And, and so there's been a lot on their plate uh, from that point, and I think they've done an exceptional job of handling that so far. And you don't take a, uh You can hear the rest of that tomorrow night. There's a little tease for you. Tomorrow night on the pregame show as we caught up with Jake Smith. A great coach to catch up with, and uh, they're going to be running an interesting offense. We'll get into more of that tomorrow, uh, but – We'll just put it this way. John Handley used to run a straight wing T offense. Not fully going away from that yet. Maybe like an offense we saw here in the Eastern Panhandle in the last couple of years. We'll talk about that tomorrow on the show when we preview this contest a little bit more. Uh, but uh, if you do do what we do here, you kind of go on and go onto the board. Web, but are we going to do this? Do we want to? Sure. I mean, it's on there. It's public you. knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you go on the board website and look at the HR movements, uh, it's going to be interesting for Spring Mills at least tomorrow, because it is through tomorrow that's listed on the website. That uh, it appears that uh, 
Coach Sims is on an um, unpaid leave. He took unpaid leave, not pushed on, put on unpaid leave. He took unpaid leave. So your head coach is gone, but we know talking to the offense and defensive coordinators that they seem to be have everything buckled down there. But that that is an interesting part to your first game day without the head coach. Yeah, you wonder, I mean, if Coach Sims is gone for a long period of time, does that affect things? for the program because he had built up that program and obviously you know the kids have a relationship with him uh like we said he wasn't there during epac all access due to a family emergency so you hope everything uh gets better if that first of all and our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family right now uh but in terms of a football perspective you're obviously going to be without coach sims so uh you know does that serve as any sort of distraction for the team and of course moving forward you know they're going to be thinking about him a lot I would imagine and uh, certainly hope you know he can come back at some point either this year or next year right it, it, one of the thing that makes it interesting maybe a little less of a struggle when it comes to the coaching staff is that coach Sims has those offensive coordinators and defensive coordinator uh, Marcus Law and Buddy has said who he's kind of taken the head coaching role into a sort of a CEO type role, like the type that John Harbaugh, he's not calling the plays on others on either side of the ball. So it's one thing to not have your head coach around, but if he's also the play caller, then that throws things off and you're handing the play calling duties over to someone that's not used to doing it. I don't think he is though, because remember last year when we were doing EPAC all access and he wasn't, he wasn't running. He was running the overall practice, right? But when we were doing the mic'd up segment, he was basically able to explain what the plays were. Is that what happened? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure his coordinators do signal in the plays yeah. from the side. So it won't be too so much I'm different. Too but that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but according to the board website, it says unpaid leave of absence 8 7 through 8 25, which means if it's through 8 25, that's through 12, you know, 11 59 p.m. tomorrow. So he couldn't coach the game. If he did, in fact, come back. And I can tell you as a substitute teacher for Berkeley County that uh, Coach Sims does have absences listed for next week, too. So I can at least go that far with it. Uh, but I, I, what I am saying is, yes, the transition can be easier for Spring Mills because while Coach Sims knows the offense and defense, he's not calling the plays. Coach Law and Coach Hessen are calling the plays. So it makes that easier. It's, you're not losing one of your play callers and handing it over to someone that's not used to doing it in yeah. the game. I think that would be the hardest part. Right. And I think, though, too, I mean, obviously knowing some of the situation, you know, obviously I think it does serve a little bit of a distraction. If I was playing for that team, uh, you know, you'd be thinking about your coach, and obviously your you're, you're thinking about there. your coach, but in a way you might be having playing some for your coach. motivation. Because right, yeah, that could him. help as well. I mean, you'd be playing for him. You'd want to honor what he has built at Spring Mills. And, and hopefully, you know, I think the guys they have there as the two coordinators, probably two of the better coordinators, you know, around here that we know of, just because they have some head coaching experience. I believe both of them do, and, and they've been coaching for a while. So, you know, yeah, I'm not are, sure about Buddy, but I know he's defensive coordinator. Yeah, Martin I mean, for, he's, for he's been years. around for a long time. So I and feel I'm, like those are that can take over in this situation and keep this – ship going in the right direction so and i think when it comes to coach law i mean i think if i remember correctly just the conversations we had that coach sims and coach law have a pretty good relationship they were on the same team at west virginia together and i believe they coached at morgantown together can't remember what school i know that i think you're correct i know that coach law before he took the trinity christian job when they revived that program i believe in 2019 uh, at Trinity Christian out in the Morgantown area. I believe he was on the Morgantown Mohegan staff as well as Josh Sims. So uh, if I'm remembering what I saw correctly in, in articles and stuff that I've read up. Coach Sims was at Magnolia? Is that it? Or? I thought he was at Morgantown for a year. I don't know. He was the head coach at yeah, whatever it is. In up the county. In the northern the panhandle. Monongalia. Yeah, that's what it is. I, I no. It wrong. Magnolia is up in the northern panhandle. Okay, is that where he was the coach at? I know he's the head coach somewhere, and he won a state championship at single A. Um, but the point is... It's in New Martinsville, West Virginia. I don't know if he ever coached in Morgantown, but I believe they probably played together at WVU. Yeah, I do know that part. So, so it, they have a good relationship. Yeah. I mean, so I obviously. think that that helps. You're correct, Nick. Okay. 
former Magnolia state champion coach Josh Sims. There we go. But here it is right here in the South Bend Tribune. I don't know what South Bend Tribune is, but it says Joshua Sims has been named head coach at Spring Mills High School, effective for the 2020-2021 season. He will be leaving his current teaching and coaching position at Morgantown High okay. to join the Cardinals. Sims at Morgantown for a little bit as a coordinator. Yeah. So or prior to that, he was at the he was also a member of the Gator Bowl championship team from the Mountaineers. That's a fun year. Yeah. Uh but uh Hopefully we could see Coach Sims get back out coaching this year. Not too sure exactly how that will go, but according to the board documents, he at least won't be on the sidelines tomorrow. Hopefully everything is okay with him and his family. Uh, but uh, that's an interesting twist to it all. We'll see how that affects the Cardinals. Hopefully it gives them added motivation. Yeah, hopefully it's not a negative uh, thing for them because they have a really good team this year. And at least when you talk to them, they're really excited about the their team. Like we said, most experienced quarterback in the conference now. And they, you know, Coach Law and Heston said that they've really gotten in the weight room. And that's really important at this level in football. It really is. Let's move on to another matchup here. Hedgesville at Wheeling Park, guys. This could be a huge matchup for, he- excuse me, Hedgesville if they're able to come out on the winning side. Yeah, I, Colin mentioned that it a little bit. That sets the tone for the season for the Eagles. I just w- think uh, it's going to be a very tough matchup for Hedgesville. I would think, based on what we've seen from the Eagles, kind of the last two years or so, um, they've been able to, you know, be competitive with the teams around here, but haven't really competed on a high level against top tier programs, the Martinsburgs, the Jeffersons. I think they were somewhat close with Mossman last year, or not? They weren't close with Mossman. I was thinking of a different game then, but they were competitive against Spring Mills, and then that was one of the games Washington. where Jackson Ruess was hurt, and they yeah. had Dalton Harper in a That's quarterback, and they were trying to play Ruess on a wide receiver. Yeah. But they That's haven't really competed you. against then a big-time program yet and under Coach Faircloth. They've had some good wins, uh, but haven't had you know those big wins against teams that you expect to be in the postseason. So um, I think it's going to be you know really a challenge for them against Wheeling Park. If they can just go out, though, and be a little bit more competitive than they have been over the last couple of years in those type of games, then uh, that would be a real positive for week one. And obviously, if you win, you know, then all of a sudden we have way higher expectations for Hedgesville than we have at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think if they win, they easily could start out the season three and zero. Yeah, if they beat Willing yeah. Park, that really raises my expectations for them this and year and their confidence level as a team. Right. Yeah, I, I have Hedgesville, as we talked about yesterday, as being fifth in the pack this year. And to me, that going along with that, I would be surprised if they were super competitive or beat Wheeling Park. But you know, like we never know. You know, the, the additions of Gavin Young and Aiden Fleming and other guys stepping up in the new roles and developing for a new year. You never know. Like mm-hmm. we said, going in the week one of high school and even college football, it's really hard to gauge a team sometimes because you're a lot of guys are stepping up into roles that you've never seen before you've never seen guys be full-time starters at their positions so yeah. sometimes it's wait and see but you can just evaluate what you've heard and what you've seen from the program and there's been great improvement year over year by Hedgesville under Matt Faircloth so if they can make another jump like they did the last couple of years then that would suggest that they're going to be a really good team this year yeah I mean I think if they get through week five which is Wheeling Park, Kaiser, Hampshire, Hoover, Washington, three and two, four and one. I think that gives them confidence going into these EPAC contests. I mean, they have Liberty out of Maryland. I don't, we don't know a lot about them, obviously, but Jefferson's going to be a big contest for them. And they run that gauntlet at the end of the season. They get a bye week after Musselman, but they go Musselman, Martinsburg, Spring Mills, which we all say Spring Mills game could possibly be for that final playoff spot. It'll be interesting to see how things shape out for the Hedgesville Eagles this yeah, season. I, I just, I just think Park Jack's... did lose Brett Phillips, so yeah, they I, have a new quarterback there, and I think Aiden Davis is going to be their quarterback. So. Yeah, speaking of that, what I was about to say was, I just think Jackson Ruest is a really big loss. You can improve year over year over year, but then at some point in the, at the high school and college level, you improve because you're getting better players. Sometimes those players end up graduating and. You know, you come down to a level, you kind of even out, you kind of middle out between yeah. where you've been improving from and that peak. Sometimes there's a, a middle up, middling year, like kind of between like 
if you won, you know, five games, but you improved from two wins, and then you lose some of those good guys. Maybe you settle at three or four. You know, but kind Jackson of kind of made thing. a huge jump from his junior to season year, senior year, in terms of yep. what he was doing for the Eagles offensively. So, if Dalton Harper can get, do something similar, I mean, who knows? So, you know, on paper, you you look at it and you go, well, Rubest was kind of their leader, did a lot of things for them, but you look at what Rubest was as a junior compared to a senior and. It's night and day. So if you can see something div- similar here with Harper making the jump now, maybe they do take a step forward. Maybe. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Moving on, uh, Washington hosting Page County out of Virginia. Looking at Page County's last year's record, they were 3-7. and seven. They uh, allowed 309 points and scored only 176 points. Obviously, as Dylan mentioned, teams change year over year. Uh, but – it would be be interesting to see how Washington starts their season. I would say it's a winnable game because they're coming off a of 0 and 7 in their conference, but they did the three games they did win appear to be out of con- or are out of conference games, but they're against teams that being from Virginia I have never heard of. So, that was the phrase that I was going to I was going to use or the word I guess was winnable. I don't know if they will. Yeah, but it's, it feels like a winnable game. It and just depends do, on how they can get their offense going because they've had now what three weeks to figure out this offense in straight, you know, working every day at it yeah. essentially. Uh, whereas just flex days trying to instill it into their brains, looking at the playbooks and things like that, and getting on the field running a little bit of it. But I think for Washington, it'll be a true test to see how they can run that spread offense. And, you know, as we know, it'll kind of be a spread, but in the same formation as a wing T. So it's going to help. It's going to be kind of like what I understand uh, Handley to be kind of a hybrid wing T, what we know Hedgesville was a couple of years ago. I think last year they started out the season as a hybrid wing T where they did run a little bit, but they also passed a good bit as well. It, it, it'll just be that they're going to pass the ball more, even if it's in a tight. It's more tight formations if they're using more tight ends than wide receivers. I mean, we'll see. As opposed to you know, just spread it out four wide receivers, three wide receivers, and a tight end. Maybe maybe see a little more heavy shotgun look, as opposed to some pistol. Yeah, maybe some pistol yeah. uh, stuff like that. But yeah, it'll be somewhere in between. Uh, you know, you either if you run the wing T, you got to go all in on it. But if you're trying to get out of it, you do kind of have to have a transition because you might not have that personnel to just go four wide yeah all right well that will do it for this first segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by parsons ford kent parsons ford in martinsburg we became number one by making you number one first we come back we'll talk martinsburg football as they take on clarkson north you're tuned into the sports mix on talk radio wrnr and tv 10 back in two minutes With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Come celebrate the 100th anniversary of Shepherd Field at the Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport with West Virginia's greatest air show, a centennial celebration, this Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. until 5 each day. Come see the Golden Knights, the Vampire Jet, the Warbirds, the F-22 Raptor, and more. Get up close to an extensive collection of static aircraft. Food and drink vendors will be on site. Bring a lawn chair or your favorite blanket. Gates open at 9.30 each morning. For tickets and a full schedule of events, go to wvairshow.com, wvairshow.com. Car accident? Get more with Mansion for Ready. After a car accident, what does it mean when we say get more with Mansion for Ready? It means making the insurance company do what's right. It means getting a powerful local law firm on your side. 
one with decades of experience. And it means the peace of mind of never paying us a fee unless we get money for you. So if you've been injured, get more with Mansion Ferretti. 304-264-8505. W. Harley Miller Systems understands the need and desire for reliable and affordable smart home solutions. Secure your home with a security system and keep a close eye on your family. Automate your home with a Control 4 system and have smart technology work as one. Set daily schedules to control your thermostats. Push a button and set the mood for dinner by dimming lights and playing music, or just sit back and enjoy a movie in your own home theater. Put decades of experience to work for you. Visit us at whmsystems.com or call 304-350-1931. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us here as we talk Martinsburg football. They'll be taking on Clarkson North out of Canada here on Saturday. Unfortunately, we won't have the game for you, uh, but uh, you can go get it on Flow Sports for $20. You can also, I know, go to Ollie's VIP Northside here on Veronica Drive, close by to the station. I believe they will be playing it off Flow Sports. Anywhere else playing it, let us know. We'll... Uh, let people know where they can watch the Bulldogs this Saturday. Uh, but, Colin, last night our final edition of EPAC All Access for the 2023 season aired. It was about an hour, seven minutes. You got to catch up with a lot of Bulldogs and uh, Coach Dave Walker as well. Yeah, we heard from Murphy Clement, Rashad Reed, Sherrod Musgrove, and Coy Fagan, uh, Coach Walker, just a preview of the upcoming season. And it should be a good one for Martinsburg. You got – a very solid now senior class that is taking over, even though uh, you're losing Ezra Bajant, Jameer Hunter, Cam Shallis, Lolo Taylor-Parati, uh, Harden, a lot of guys that it's going to be tough to replace for this Martinsburg team. I mean, they didn't have feel... Lolo Taylor-Parati last year. Yeah, that must have been two years ago. My fault for getting mixed up there in my years with him. But uh should still be a solid team this year. And we get to see Murphy as quarterback one solely in that position, not really splitting it with Ezra, even though we might see it here and there with uh, Coy Fagan in that quarterback spot. When it comes to the passing plays, it's mostly going to be Murphy. So it comes down to how much has that arm really improved and how much is he 100% with his feet? Because we know that's his strength. This is mobility, able to scramble out of the pocket and pick up yards with his feet and really be a dual threat quarterback hopefully he said that he feels healthy so i mean there's good reason to trust him and everything seems to be running very smoothly with coach walker back seemed to be a smooth transition for him to come back and i see no reason not to believe that they'll be maybe the top team in the state again yeah it'll be interesting to see how they take face or how they fair against Clarkson North who if you go to their website they have their own website Canadians American High School Football Program is what they kind of say they are uh, and then uh, they have their Twitter linked it said official Twitter of FBN the Canadian Canada's American High School Football Program East Coast Power Prep ECP League founding member uh, they have alumni four CFL alumni 42 NCAA alumni and then it says 118 U Sports. Not too sure what U Sports is. Uh, but it appears they got a lot of guys going to American football programs. They got a, a student athlete that uh, committed to Eastern Michigan prior to the season. Looked like uh, University of Maine. Uh, they've got a guy on offer from Bryant University. So a, a lot of guys that are, as they say, they tout themselves as American football program. They got a guy with an offer to D1 Buffalo. Uh, there. It's an interesting. It's hard scout, I guess you would say. Yeah, it's a hard scout. It's a team that's not in the country, and you look at Lafayette. Yeah, they had a losing season, but their strength of schedule is a very strong schedule. So it's really tough to get a true feel for this Clarkson North team because you go on there, you can't even find a roster. At least whenever I was trying to look to just see guys' names, I couldn't 
find anything on their max preps or even their website wasn't up to date the last time I looked. So all we really can go off of is that record of last year, knowing who they play and knowing how good those programs are and knowing because this is a showcase, they're still going to be good no matter what. It's not Bishop Sycamore. I think it's a game where you look at it from Martinsburg, and even if you go out there and, um, you know, lose the game, it's a good opportunity to get your kids seen by a lot of different programs in terms of college. Uh, It's a good opportunity to play a really quality opponent and get better. So I I think – you know, it's not a game that really means much in terms of the end result of the season. If they lose this game to Clarkson North, it's not like Martinsburg can't win the state championship. But also, yeah, if anything, it helps had, them get yeah. to the state championship. But we did kind of have that attitude last year when they played, you know, Highland Springs, and it didn't work out. So I do hope that for Martinsburg that they're able to, you know, get better from this game, even win or loss. And I'm not certain that they're going to go in there and lose. I mean. Like you said, Colin, it's a tough team to really get a gauge on. And we've heard a few things that they've been scrimmaging teams with their JVs and like these 40-yard field games. I don't know. I don't really know what to take away from that. So, that Yeah, I think it's hard to, to take things away from that. I really don't know how you take anything away from a 40-yard field scrimmage. Like, I just I don't understand. Uh, but it's going to be an interesting matchup. Again, you can watch it on Flow Sports. I just double-checked on Flow Sports. On the website, it is twenty nine ninety nine uh, for a monthly subscription. That should probably cancel immediately after that, that game is over. That seems absurd to me. They it's twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's what I just checked on the website. I just it's that's more now than like ESPN Plus. Like, yeah, like what are they charging for? I don't know. I just looked on their website. I just tried to like log in as if I was going or sign up as if I was going to pay. That says twenty nine ninety nine. So do they have a free trial? They do not. Wow. If they did, I think everyone in this area would be getting their two-day free trial to Flow Sports. I would. Yeah, I'd go to like Ollie's or something. Yeah, I wouldn't be paying twenty nine ninety nine to no watch man. that. If but you're not doing do what you want to do, but I did hear on on Facebook, I did see that if you are going to attend the game, uh, you're not paying twenty nine ninety nine. You're paying you twenty dollars. It's twenty bucks for a ticket because it's the f- first game, I guess. I so they're assuming you could stay for all the games? Uh, I, mean, I, guess I read that on the Martinsburg sense. football fan group last night, and I was like, that's in- interesting. You can't buy a singular ticket. What, what's the stadium like that they're playing? This it's at Tanks Memorial Stadium, that uh, one in Ironton. That the is Ironton it just like a high school Tigers? field, or is it like kind of a I mean, it's no, a it's high a school stadium, one, but it's like it's literally attached to the high school, but it's like a historic field. Gotcha. Uh, Believe it. I saw it's one of the oldest in the country. I don't know if yeah, there's, it's the oldest, cool. but it's a pretty historic place. Yeah, so. I mean, good luck to the Bulldogs. Hopefully they can put on a good showing. Like I said, win or lose doesn't really mean much on, on your entire case of your season, but if you can put on a good showing and, and show with this program, like that's really your number one goal. I mean, obviously their goal is to win, but from just an outside perspective, you know, I think if you do all that stuff, play well, uh, kids get some looks hopefully for – the next level, I think that's all really important. And probably part of the reason why they scheduled this game uh, was the fact that they could get some good looks and get some good experience against the team that, I guess, is trying to be Canada's IMG. That's yeah. what I've heard from some Yeah, people. you can lose that game and still have the same expectations for the season. Hey, uh, Nick, I guess you would think Ironton Tanks Memorial Stadium is kind of, in a way, like uh, the stadium that uh, – What's the team that Georgetown, Georgetown plays in? Like that kind of esque, because gotcha. it opened in, uh, I believe eight nineteen something. Jim Ford well, that helps. The rock nineteen twenty six. There it is. Opened in nineteen twenty six. I got lost when I was looking because the the website spread of things out a little weird. Nineteen something. Uh, but it'll be interesting. It's the home of the Ironton Fighting Tigers. You and I know their play by play broadcaster. Yeah, Jason Filial. Mm-hmm. Mar- uh, Marshall alum. Good guy. Yeah. We'll talk about Marshall later. Will we? Unless know. you want to talk about it now. Are you too scared to talk about it? Absolutely not. <laughs> you should be. All right. Well, we'll be back no on Martinsburg next week. They take on the Stonebridge Bulldogs. So it's Bulldogs on Bulldogs next week. It's a 7 p.m. contest Friday night, 6 p.m. pregame. 
shall be interesting because you got two legendary head coach going up against it. You got Virginia's Mickey Thompson going up against West Virginia's Dave Walker. So it'll be a very interesting matchup next week. Honestly, I can't wait for next week's game. More than I like being able to be there kind of thing. Yeah. Because that's going to be a very intriguing matchup that we'll have for you next week. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just supply and store any longer. Get your Traeger Grills at Orsini's at 360 Hackles Way or online at Orsini's.com. When we come back, we'll talk a little NFL, a little uh, Orioles and Nationals, perhaps. Unfortunately, Stone Garrett gets uh, breaks his fibula. We'll talk about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Where does flavor come from? Well, um, when people love food, they cook it on a Traeger grill. Meat, corn, even pie. <laughs> and then the Traeger does the rest, which brings everyone to celebrate this beautiful thing that they've created. Because when you share delicious food with your friends, that's the flavor of life. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. WV Medicine is pleased to announce that robotic-assisted total hip and knee replacement with the new Zimmer Biomet Rosa is now offered right here in the Eastern Panhandle at both Berkeley Medical Center and Jefferson Medical Center. The information provided by the Rosa results in more precise and accurate hip and knee replacements than ever before. WV Medicine is proud to offer this technology and be a leader in orthopedic surgery in the Eastern Region. For more info, call 304-725-BONE. A DUI arrest can have a devastating impact on one's life, your job, your driver's license, and in some cases, your very freedom. My name is Harley Wagner. I own and operate West Virginia's only exclusive DUI defense firm. Since 1999, I've been representing citizens throughout the Eastern Panhandle and state of West Virginia charged with DUI. Let my years of training and experience work for you. The initial consultation is free at the Wagner Law Firm in Martinsburg. Phone 304-901-7400 or online at WestVirginiaDUILawyers.com. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Uh, say hello to everybody in the comments today. Tommy Beard, AJ, AR Emerald, excuse me. Uh, it's football season when you know they're commenting. They tend to go into hibernation when it's not football season. That's true. It appears their favorite sport is football. Where do you think they hide? It's a lot of people. It's my favorite sport. None of my business. They hide Underground. The e- they hide in the EPT comments. Yeah. They'll be in the I know AR stays in the EPT comments. He just Everyone does. He he hibernates like- from the sports mix until football season. I don't blame him. Sometimes. I think he told us like literally his first year. He's like, Well guys, football's over, shall See you next fall. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame them. Uh, football is one of the best sports out there, I will say. Yeah. All right. The NFL, a couple weeks away from beginning. But we have some quarterback controversy in San Francisco. Uh, it appears Sam Darnold, is that who's the backup now? Yes. He's been next quarterback uh, for the 49ers, uh, leaving Trey Lance as a possible third-string quarterback or to be cut. Traded. traded or traded no one know. seems to want him is this this is at this point i mean if he's getting well, beat out by sam darnold at this at this point this is one of the worst like draft picks of ever. the last it, it might be of ever and we're talking about the same draft where the number two pick right before him was zach wilson so to say it's like is Trey Lance at this point a worse pick than Zach Wilson was? Consider consider the fact that they traded up for him. Traded, I think, yes. two first round picks. I can't tell you. I can I tell it you. Has to be. I can yes. tell you. I went on you or I went on Twitter yesterday, and I couldn't stop seeing multiple posts by multiple people. 
people. This is who was acquired in the trade that Trey Lance was gotten for the by pick the, that they originally traded yeah. up from ended up being Micah Parsons. And then the other pick that was traded, uh, the Dolphins traded down, uh, you know, what, how, whatever way it went, the Dolphins ended up, yeah, the Dolphins went from 3 to 12 to 6. 12 was Micah Parsons, 6 was Jalen Waddell, and three, well, 3 was Trey Lance. I think, first of all, something that we could consider when looking at this pick by, of Trey Lance is this was coming off of the COVID year. So probably the toughest draft you ever had to go into because True. some teams didn't even play. So, and then there was a limited schedule. So it's like, you know, I don't think Trey Lance even played a game in 2020. So he hadn't uh, played no. since 19. And then, you know, you're just kind of going based off of that. So it's a pretty tough draft to draft or to prepare for uh, when we had the COVID year. So I think that was a big factor in it because like Michael Parsons, I still don't understand why he fell out of the top 10, but I don't think he played at Penn state that year. So maybe that's why he fell off. I think you're right. But like that dude was a freak. Like he should have been the guy that they traded up for. I think in terms of how bad of a pick it ended up being, it is that bad because you're now starting and you know, seventh round rookie or not rookie, but seventh rounder, Mr. Irrelevant over him, and now Sam Darnold is your backup instead of him. But it does feel pretty quick to give up on him. Like he didn't he sat out his entire rookie year behind Jimmy G just learning. And then last year was only his second year. He played a handful of games. Granted, didn't look great, but still young. And then he breaks his leg or tears his ACL, whatever whatever it was. And doesn't play. And now here we are, and that's it. That's all we've got. So I understand the 49ers are on a different timeline, but that's still, it's, I, I guess in the end, they just don't, he doesn't line up with their timeline. They're ready to win now, and he is not a win now guy. But then that goes back to, you knew this from the start. He was a project the entire time. You know who you could have drafted? You could have drafted Justin Fields. I know Justin Fields hasn't been great as a passer, but he has been a, quality quarterback who looks like he is on the up and up as opposed to what Trey Lance has been able to show so far. Yeah. I mean, I think it worked out. It appears Brock Purdy has looked good and yeah, I wonder how long it'll last, but a lot, how much of that is really, you could plug in any quarterback. That's just sort I don't of really believe that you could plug in a lot of quarterbacks that with a certain, like Brock Purdy has the intelligence to like know the plays and make good decisions. It, you can't just put any kind of quarterback in there. Why Someone hasn't that's reckless. Trey Lance worked out? Because he's not the right kind. I say you can plug in a lot of quarterbacks. He doesn't have that, you know, the football IQ and decision making. Like you got to be able to. This whole like Shanahan system works for everybody. Stuff is. I just I don't really buy it. I, I think it's. I feel true, like it takes away from what Brock. Purdy but it's to an extent of. Yeah, it works for everybody, but you still need somebody to get to that Super Bowl. And none of these guys are Super Bowl quarterbacks. I How don't do you think. know that? I mean, Purdy got them pretty far last year. I mean, I guess part of it is I, I, I didn't go into that game thinking that the 49ers were going to beat the Eagles. Did you? He got hurt. So I'm not totally know. buying Brock Purdy yet. Let me give me a, give me some more games, bigger sample size. I'm buying him right now. All right, you're buying him. We'll buy a break. We'll, we'll get paid. Break. We're gonna buy. We got to take a break here to finish out the show. Then we'll come back talk. Oznat Otani, uh, and then potentially play this little clip here for a little argument at the end of the show. We'll talk, do about that on the other side of this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, a revolutionized new car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We're back after this two-minute break. This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are, and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. 
Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Come celebrate the 100th anniversary of Shepherd Field at the Eastern West Virginia Regional Airport with West Virginia's greatest air show, a centennial celebration, this Saturday and Sunday from 10 a.m. until 5 each day. Come see the Golden Knights, the Vampire Jet, the Warbirds, the F-22 Raptor, and more. Get up close to an extensive collection of static aircraft. Food and drink vendors will be on site. Bring a lawn chair or your favorite blanket. Gates open at 9.30 each morning. For tickets and a full schedule of events, go to wvairshow.com, wvairshow.com. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with this here final five and a half minutes of the show, brought to you in part by the Mary Scoop and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263-4343. Nats fall last night, nine to one to the Yankees. The Yankees were, you know, at some point going to bust out of that nine-game losing streak, and they did it in a good fashion. You had Aaron Judge hit three home runs in the game. He's up to twenty-seven on the season. Um, it was it was bound to happen at some point, and if they got swept by the Nats, it was going to be it was going to doom end for them. But unfortunately for the Nats, they lost Stone Garrett. He went up to uh, try to get a home run, try to snag a home run ball. Trying to get it from not being a home run, I guess I should say. Got his foot stuck in the fencing. He comes down. He's on the field laying down for about 10 minutes before they cart him off. Unfortunately, it revealed this morning he's got a fractured fibula. He's out for presumably the rest of the season. Only on the 10-day IL, though. Uh, they do call up Jeter Downs again. Uh, they're going to actually be in action here in about 10 minutes. We'll have that for you at the conclusion of the show. Uh, but they're going to go with an interesting outfield because Victor Robles is hurt, but he's not off the he's not on the sixty day IL. So their outfield for at least for this game is going to be Alou, Call, and Thomas. Uh, it's interesting that Alou is going to have to play outfield. Uh, we'll see how that goes as well. But the O's get a win last night. It wasn't a revenge game for uh, what's his face. Kevin, Kevin Gosman. Told you I wasn't worried. Uh, they went seven nothing last night. They're back in action. They have a seven o'clock game tonight, not a four or not the one or four o'clock game. So be interesting to see there. Otani revealed that he is done for the year pitching uh, with a UCL tear. Guys, real fast, for so we can get to this other topic. Is he done pitching in his career? He's already had Tommy John before. I think that he's going to be done pitching, and this hurts his next contract come up after this year. I don't. I think it'll hurt him because it's obviously a serious injury, but I still think he gets paid. I still think he pitches. Will he be as dominant? No, I, I don't think so. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does have Tommy John, if he gets shut down completely for the rest of the season on both sides of the ball and just goes into next season as a question mark and see who takes a chance. Will he try to pitch again? Probably. Should he? At this point, I don't even know. I don't even yeah. know if you should try. Nick, your thoughts? It's unfortunate if he doesn't pitch again. Um, I don't think he will, and that's unfortunate. Because yeah. if he has to have Tommy John again, then he's not going to get a big contract. So he probably what is an option is that he gets the Tommy John again and takes like a two-year deal with the Angels or something, and then tries to get a bigger contract in two years. But I don't know. That's It'll be interesting to see what happens. This news all came out la- late last night into this yeah. morning around 1 a.m. from Jeff Passan and some Angels reporters. Uh, but uh, int- we'll end the show kind of lighthearted uh, with a WVU Marshall, WVU Marshall kind of fight here. Ren Baker spoke to the media yesterday about football scheduling, and here's what he had to say. Yes, and that's partly contingent upon what the conference schedule looks like, right? So in this environment where we have nine conference games, 
Um, that means uh, some years you're going to have five home games and some years you're going to have four from your conference schedule. Uh, I think it's important to the state and to Morgantown that, that we always, uh, at a minimum, have six home games, but we'd like to have seven. So you start to do the math on that, and it, it starts to restrict a little bit your, your opportunities. It's why that one FCS game is important, because it just ensures that you can get an affordable home game uh, on the schedule. Um, I've, I've said before, and, and I believe this, I think having a Power 5 regional rival on the schedule every year is important. Um, you know, we would probably prefer that be Pitt. That that game, it's not. You know, I'm not a brain uh, surgeon, but it didn't take me very long to figure out that's a a, a very important game to uh, our fan base and to theirs and to this area and this region. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, but in years when it's not Pitt, who's another regional rival that we could take on? Is that Virginia Tech? This year we have Penn State. Um, and then, can we get a meaningful group of five uh, FBS opponent? Um, that either we we pay some money to come in here or we do some type of two-for-one uh, scenario. But you, you would like for it to be a game with some kind of regional uh, uh, meaning uh, meaningfulness. Um, so, you know, one of the MAC schools, um, you know, maybe a Sunbelt school. Um, we're not uh, we're not eager uh, or, or probably willing to go to Huntington, but we, you know, I don't know that we would say no to Marshall if they wanted to come here. Um, and Say so, no to know, Marshall if they want to. They're not gonna. They're not eager, or willing, Nick, to go to Huntington. Yeah. Well, if they're not eager, then that means they're anxious, which means they're scared to go to Huntington. Also, he didn't mention Maryland as one of the regional opponents. So I guess he's scared of the Terps. I'll let Colin take this one. Marshalls would be scared if WVU goes back there because uh, they beat them ninety-two to six. Yeah, nineteen twenty-three. Doesn't matter. Before they beat people. them every time as well. Even knew football was a sport. And that's not true. Last time they were in Huntington as a three-point game, went to overtime. Yeah, that is true. And in basketball, we know that Marshall's five and zero in Huntington against WVU. All right, well that'll do it. in football. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll have Nats baseball coming up here right after this, and then later on, five thirty pregame show for the Steelers Radio Network as they take on the Falcons at seven thirty to end their preseason. I'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix for Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini. I'm Spencer Pleasing. So long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.